Getting sober requires a lot more than mind over matter, a lot more than willpower. It's about leveraging the support around you. People in recovery typically need a mix of medical help, emotional support, and changes in lifestyle to manage their addiction, not just mental determination. As both a therapist and someone embracing the recovery lifestyle, there's one tool I always recommend to people needing extra accountability, Soberlink. Soberlink is a high-tech breath analyzer system designed to help you get and stay sober. And here's why I love it. You'll test the same day every day, eliminating testing anxiety. Friends and family receive instant test results, helping you rebuild trust and preventing relapse. Accountability is a part of that, and it's something to really be embraced. Devices have built-in facial recognition, so your support circle knows you're testing, and tamper-resistant sensors flag any attempts at trying to beat the system, so your sobriety is never questioned. So let 2024 be your best year yet. Visit Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M to sign up and receive $50 off your device. That's Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. We are on to episode 91. My name is Dwayne Osterland and I'm your host. I'm also the founder of Novus Mindful Life Institute Family Counseling Recovery Center in Long Beach, California. If you, anyone you know, is struggling with any of life's difficulties or challenges, you can reach out to us. Go to theaddictedmind.com forward slash help. Once again, I am looking for people who are willing to share their message of hope to anyone out there who is struggling. If you want to share your message of hope about recovery and change, you can go to theaddictedmind.com and on the side there's a little tab and just record an audio of your message that we can put on the podcast so that other people can hear voices of hope and messages of hope and have encouragement if they're struggling out there that change is possible. I'd really appreciate that. Thank you so much for the people who have done that. I really appreciate it. Also, rate and review us in iTunes. That really does help get us a lot of exposure. I think we are now over 220 reviews. I really appreciate that. I love the exposure and it helps people find the podcast as well. And think about joining our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and type in the Addicted Mind podcast, click join and continue the conversation online there. All right, on to today's episode. Our guest is Anita Abdul Kareem, and she is going to talk about her book, Bad Bitches Don't Diet. I love the name. And Anita had reached out to me and just out of the blue and said, Hey, I've got this book. I 
just finished it and I've never done a podcast before and I like to come on and share my story and my thoughts. And so we had arranged a call and just talked a little bit and I just loved her spirit and her enthusiasm and her willingness to just unapologetically move forward and encourage people to change and look at themselves and I just enjoyed talking with her. So I said, yeah, come on into the podcast and we'll record it. So that's what we did. And so here's the interview. Let's start it. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. My guest today is Anita Abdul Karim, and she's going to talk about her book, Bad Bitches Don't Diet. I love the title. So Anita, introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Anita Abdul Karim. I am a registered dietitian and I wrote this book and I reached out to Duane because I love his podcast um, and I figured we can connect and talk a little bit about my journey. And here we are. Awesome. And I'm so glad you reached out to me and did that. So let's just kind of jump in, start sharing your story. How did this all start to come to be? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was about maybe seven or eight months ago and um, I was hanging out with my friends and then it kind of just popped into my mind. I'm like, you know what? Bad don't diet. Like we really don't. And then when I thought about that, I was like, you know what? That's probably going to be the title of a book. I don't know how this book is going to come about. I don't know what I'm going to put in this book. I don't even know if I have enough to say to put in a book. So I kind of just took a deep breath and then just told myself, you know what? If ideas do come to me and if I do kind of get these thoughts and things I just kind of want to write about and allow people to understand and want people to know, then I'm just going to go ahead and do that. And then before you know it, I have eight chapters and now a book. That's awesome. That's great. So tell me a little bit about how this topic became important to you. Absolutely. So I've had an extremely interesting journey with food and just with my body in general. Growing up, I wasn't the smallest person. I was was pretty chubby, pretty large. And that, you know, I manifested itself in different ways socially and um, within my family and everything like that. I think coming, you know, from like a foreign background, you're kind of expected to be a certain weight in order to, you know, maintain a certain not status, but, you know, your parents just worry about you. They worry about you. You're like, oh my gosh, like if this person's going to be chubby, then who knows what'll happen, right? So it's just kind of this rhetoric around body and it translates not just, you know, within your immediate family, it translates when you're out there in the world as well. So looking back, I think my weight probably affected like my inability to make friends and, you know, all these other things. So I felt extremely isolated Um, And needless to say, who knows if it was my weight? Who knows if it was the fact that I was, you know, chubby or not? But I think it was such an important factor growing up that um, it was just the main focus a lot of the time. And during that time, I took measures to try and control that, right? Because, you know, that's the reason why, you know, I don't have any friends or this is the reason why, like, I'm not happy or like, even like, you know, my parents are fighting or something. It was just, you know, just crazy stuff going on in your mind. So you try and control the situation. And in a sense, it's positive, right? In a sense, it's kind of like, yes, like, good job. Like you're taking, you know, matters into your own hands. Like you're so, you know, you're taking control of the situation. Like good for you, you know, as a child. And then also, I think I also kind of had like a scientific mind. So I would just naturally gravitate towards information about diet and nutrition and stuff like that. So it was an extremely interesting topic for me as well. So yeah, you know, I began dieting, I began, you know, going through all these things and then I, it was successful, right? So I think it was like eighth grade 
I had lost a bunch of weight, you know, I was actually feeling really good. Like I was a positive, you know, I was making like a lot of friends and stuff like that into high school. I think high school was kind of like a really good prime time. And then it was my senior year of high school. There was a lot going on. And I remember I ended up gaining 30 pounds in one month. Like it was very dramatic. It was a very dramatic situation. So you felt a lot of pressure pretty young to fit in, to be a part of. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up, I guess, you know, a minority within a minority within a minority. So, I mean, I'm Middle Eastern. So during that time, there was not any, like, no Middle Eastern people like that I can even relate to, like, you know, at school or anything like that. Right. And then on top of that, you know, I was a little chubby. And on top of that, like, I wasn't the smartest kid in the class. So, you know, I felt just isolated. So I just, you know, I, not looking back, I just, you know, I, it was just isolating. And uh, to me, that was, I guess, normal. It was just my reality, right? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Well, you don't know what you don't know, and that's what you knew. I mean, here you are not fitting in, if that makes sense being alone, feeling alone, feeling isolated, and then that pressure to fit into our group. Right, right. Any group, like any group. And then, you know, like my parents, you know, they do the best they can. Like they really, really do the best they can. And at that time, because they were fairly new to even like living in the country, right? So it's not like they're worried about, you know, me making friends, right? I mean, it's like, it's just not a thing for them, right? And I wasn't either at the time. It's not like I was like, you know, so focused on like, on doing that. I just like, I think in the back of my mind, I know maybe you can speak to this, but there's just something in your head, I guess, that like tells you that like, you're not okay or that you're not like, you're just not it. Yeah. You don't fit in, right? If that makes sense. Are you trying to fit into this idea of what you're supposed to be or how you're supposed to be or what that is, whatever we make up as a society and you don't, however, that pressure manifests itself. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so I should just continue my story then from the 30 pounds of high school. Right. Yeah. So essentially, you know, my weight fluctuated a lot. You know, I had a lot of ups, a lot of downs, but in the back of my mind, I was always conscious of it. I was always proactive and, you know, trying the next thing. I think there was probably some binging in there that took place. I knew I wanted to study nutrition. I wanted to study dietetics. And essentially, I think it was for the purposes of finding the truth. You know, I think I've always like in the back of my mind, I just wanted to understand and learn and move towards the truth. And so, you know, I went in that direction. I got into excellent nutrition program. um, And then I started my journey there, learned all about the science, you know, of nutrition and all that. And then I got my hands on a book called Intuitive Eating. Um, It's written by two dietitians. And that completely just changed my life. It was like you took off these glasses of whatever it is that, you know, you were told that you needed to be or like not have by society in reading this book. It really just took this huge weight off my shoulders and like technically speaking off my body too, and in a lot of ways for an extended period of time, but it was just a breath of fresh air. And the purpose and kind of like the philosophy of intuitive eating is that you really want to trust your own body to tell you what it needs. 
right? You really want to trust yourself. And, and I think growing up, like a lot of the issue was that you're kind of told not to trust your own cues. You're told that like, you know, what you're doing is making you fat or like what you're doing is not leading you to like the person that you want to be. So do not trust yourself follow these diets, like follow these things. And that can create, I think, a lot of addiction, right? I mean, I feel like that can create a lot of addiction. Um, and it just moves you away from yourself. It can cause misery in a sense. Like when you, I think the further away you push from your own self, I think the more miserable that you become. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. When we have, however our trauma manifests itself, however that is, what, however that speaks to us, yeah, it can, I guess take away our internal voice that we stop listening to. We start listening to the trauma instead. And then however that with addiction or food or sex or drugs or shopping or compulsive working, whatever it is, takes us from ourselves. So then you read this book on intuitive and that really struck a chord with you. Yeah, it completely struck a chord with me. Like, so I remember I was reading it in the middle of my time at school. It was my core. Like it was a bunch of dietitians. And mind you, I was pretty large when I was in nutrition school. Like I was like pretty thick. So also on top of that, the rhetoric was like, oh, like, are you really going to be a dietitian? Like, look at you. Like you're kind of big. Like, you know, how's that going to speak to your business or whatever? Right. So feeling even more pressure. Like, right. I'm like, okay, guys. Okay. You know, whatever. Like, I think the only way I was able to survive really is blocking, like just blocking people's opinions that like, you really have to come back to yourself in some capacity. Right. I think the misery of trying to figure out your body, like still kind of exists, but in a way you do do a lot of blocking. Well, yeah, we do that. Uncomfortable things come our way. Sometimes we push them out or don't. And yeah, as defense mechanisms to not deal with psychological pain. Right. And I don't know, I feel like in my mind now that I think about it, like, do we also block out good things because of that? Because of like, we're just so trained to like, block things out. Do we also block out positive feedback? I think, yeah, definitely. I think people who, you know, if you're struggling with your own self-worth and somebody tells you, you know, hey, you really did a great job, but you just don't believe it. Like you don't buy into it. You find the, I guess, the confirmation bias that says, no, no, look, actually, you didn't see this bad thing I did over here. So your opinion doesn't matter to me. Right. But that comes back to that intuitive voice. Like, listen, you know, we have to listen to some of, I mean, right. We have to listen to other people too, I think, but we also have to listen to our own intuitive voice as well. And that's hard. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it is because I feel like sometimes what your voice is telling you doesn't exist in reality. And so you're trying to carry out this truth that you believe is true and people are looking at you like you're crazy because it, like there's nothing else like it that exists or it's just different than anything else. So it's hard because you might look crazy sometimes. Right. Yeah, definitely. Like. I don't know. That's just, I think, another token because I feel like also I low-key, I kind of block out positive stuff too. But that's a whole other conversation, I think. Well, I think that's part of our humanity, you know, doing that. And yeah, sorting that out. That's why, you know, when we start to have to listen to, when we slow down and begin to listen to ourselves, I think we can tap our inner wisdom. Absolutely. You know, this is actually, I asked you if I can ask you a question. And the question was if, you know, when we do kind of like come into stillness, just because I feel like in my, I think the only way I think I was able to make, make it through and like even do this project that I worked on is I think the idea of being completely still and being just okay with everything that I am like in that moment, like in that 
period. And I feel like any time that you deviate from that, like is a possibility for addiction because at that point you're trying to like make yourself complete in a way. I mean, I don't know, this might be a very elementary like understanding of addiction or not, but anytime you deviate from yourself in like in any way, I feel like is an opportunity for addiction. Maybe. Is it not that simple? Yeah. I mean, I think there is some truth to that in certain aspects. I mean, I think what you're saying or what I hear you saying is that stillness is key to being able to listen to that inner voice, that inner wisdom, so that we don't go down these paths where we have to hide from our own pain, right? Where we can sit with it. And however we are, wherever our pain is, we have to be able to have compassion for that, be patient, slow down, understand, like, what is this pain telling me? And do I need to listen to it or not listen to it? And that takes a lot of discernment too, I think. It's not always easy and it's not always clear. Absolutely. And I feel like it needs to be organized too sometimes because sometimes like I feel like I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, I need to unpack my pain for like five hours a day. I'm like, okay, now it's time to shut this off. I didn't figure it out today. You know, maybe I'll figure it out tomorrow, but I really, I need to do something else right now. Well, that's what I was reading through your book. And what I liked about it was how you ask those questions through the chapters of your book and really go, okay, sit with that for a while. The next chapter is going to be there. Answer these questions, sit and think about it. And so tell me a little bit about your journey of writing this down and putting these thoughts to paper and wanting to give this to other people. Right. So I come from a background of health education. I was a health educator before, and I really found that asking patients the question, like asking them the question provides better outcomes. Like it just provides better outcomes for their life because I think it really empowers them and subconsciously tells them that they do have the answers, that they do have the answers to most of their ailments, you know, if that. And, you know, I come as a dietitian, you, you recommend food, right? You recommend food and food. I think people like don't necessarily consider food as a medicine, right? They don't really consider food as something that will allow you to feel something like immediately, right? Like medication does. So medication, you take a medication in two hours, you're like, okay, how do you feel, right? With food, it's not as sensitive, but it is sensitive. So it's kind of um, pausing and doing away kind of with all the noise around mealtime and really coming back to this understanding of how do you actually feel when you eat this? You know what I mean? Like ask yourself these questions. Does it feel good? Do you feel full? Do you feel anxious? You know, how does it feel like in this situation, in your environment? What does your environment feel? How's your environment affecting all your behaviors and your decisions and all of that? So it's essentially the question is meant to allow people to pay more attention because sometimes it's not about eradicating your whole diet. You know, it's not about you. Essentially, it's not about you. Sometimes it's about the environment or just you paying attention to what's going on and just making little tweaks. And it could be just as simple as that. So what I hear you saying, it's about cultivating that stillness and listening to that intuition. When I'm here in front of this, what is my body saying? And what is the message I'm getting? And I think definitely around food, people use food for a lot of reasons. And some of those reasons are to hide from pain you know, that we don't want to feel, you know, it's easier to reach for a bagel with cream cheese than it is to sit with feelings of low self-worth or hurt or pain. And I think that's with a lot of addictions, you know, bringing this back to that is 
that, you know, I can't sit with my pain. I don't know how to sit with it. I can't be still with it. But if we begin to listen, if we begin to slow down, we can begin that journey of maybe understanding what's going on and maybe working different ways to change it or fix it. Right. And you know, it still hurts. Like, you know, reaching for the food when you're not hungry or when you don't need it still hurts. I think it's kind of like, what pain do you want to feel right now? Okay. Like, I feel like in some cases, like, I don't even know how to navigate this, you know, trauma that I experienced. Like, so, and it's painful. So I'm in a way I'm going to suppress it with all this food, but also when I overburden my body with all this food, it hurts. Like it hurts to get to 300, 400 pounds. Like, you know, and so, so that's why I feel like Essentially, it's a win-win when you sit with the truth, like in my mind, like the equation in my mind is like, it's a win-win when you sit with the truth. It's a little difficult. It's an unknown territory. I think it's crazy for, you know, it's crazy for a lot of people to even, or it seems like it seems impossible for a lot of people to even go there. But I think it's sometimes you have to ask yourself, like, you know, is what you're reaching for actually suppressing the pain? Right. Or is it hurting you in a different way? Like, is it a, just a different pain that you're more comfortable with or something like that? Right. Yeah. No, I think that's true. And sometimes, you know, that's where getting support is so important because sometimes the truth is painful, you know, so finding someone who can sit with you through that as you do that process can be incredibly helpful as well, because sometimes it's hard, painful to sit with our pain. Absolutely. Yeah. So coming back to the title of your book, Bad Bitches Don't Diet. Yeah. Tell me why you called it that? I mean, I can definitely go into some, you know, very deep reasons or like I shared earlier, just I was with my friends, the idea came to my mind and I was like, that's going to be the title of the book. But essentially, I guess what I'm trying to communicate, what I'm trying to say is that I think, you know, no one's ever actually asked me this question. (laughs) I don't know if I actually had to think about it. Well, it sounds like there's some intuitive wisdom in your book. You're saying, look, man, you know, listen to yourselves. You don't have to go into these crazy plans. Listen to why you're eating. Listen to understanding. You don't have to do a diet. Listen to, that's what I hear. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with the term like a bad bitch or like bad bitches. Like a bad bitch typically in, you know, in what's that dictionary? And like, you know, urban dictionary or whatever. Like if you were to Google like a bad bitch, like essentially is somebody that doesn't really care about, you know, anyone else's opinion. Like, does their own thing, like, you know what I mean? Just, you know, is here for themselves, taking their everything to the next level, like whatever it is, whether it be like, you know, their career, themselves, the way they feel, they're just like fully confident in like navigating the world and not really caring like what anybody else has to say or think. Right, like a lot of power, empowered and strength. Right, exactly. You're like empowered in all these things. And, you know, I think a lot of people associate the term with women, which of course, is like, you know, for sure, you know, a bad is typically like we out here, like we're doing the thing, you know what I mean? But also I think like the message in the book, it definitely can translate to any gender and any person anywhere. Um, and I think like that feeling, like that feeling of like you just coming back to yourself and you just like doing your best and like, you know, taking all the positive from the world, doing away with all the negative like can be applied to anyone essentially too. So it's just, yeah, so like essentially, you know, we're out here, we're trying to like align as a human Um, as a bad bitch. And like, you know, at the end of the day, we're just not going to diet. We're not going to, we're not going to move into like this idea that, you know, we have to deprive ourselves of beautiful food and beautiful experiences and the foods that we love in order to fit a certain, you know, pant size in order to fit a certain image or, or anything like that. We're going to fully come into ourselves. We're going to appreciate everything that we are and the world just has to accept it. They just have to accept it. You know, it is what it is. It's almost like what I hear you saying is, 
don't confine me to this idea of womanhood that as a society we project on women, then you don't need to do that. Be yourself, be strong. You have courage, go for it. Be the best you that you can be and don't listen to a culture that has a lot of toxic thoughts around male and female gender and sexuality. Absolutely. 100%. Essentially, it's a freeing term. Like, let's be free. Like, let's really, really, really be free. Right. Yeah. Because with that, with freedom, there's joy, happiness, contentment. Yeah. But we got to sit with our pain a little bit to get there. Mm -hmm. We do have to sit with our pain a little bit together. And that's the thing. It's like, it's feeling courage. It's not feeling being courageous and, and taking that next step and learning these new avenues. You know what I mean? Like learning, like navigating these new avenues that you might not even know about yourself, you know? And then once you do, like, once you find these like new places, that's me. Like that was me. Like, okay. Like I'm a bad bitch. Like what? You know? So it's a lot of fun. Have fun. You know what I mean? Also. Yeah. You go forth, do it, that you can do it and encouraging people to take that risk and to say, you know what? To hell with it. I can do this. I can find the courage. I can find a path through it. I can overcome. I can thrive. And once we can get that mindset down mm -hmm. and we know we can summon our courage as a resource, there's a lot of things that we can face. Oh, wow. I like that. Like summon your courage as a resource. That is powerful. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. And then we can do things that we never thought were possible. Absolutely. Like writing this book, like I didn't, you know. <laughs> like writing this book and putting it out there. Right. And even, you know, coming in and contacting me and saying, you know what? I don't know. You just said, I'm going to, I like the podcast. I'm going to reach out and you reached out and I just loved your spirit and I loved, you know, your courage and all of that. And I said, okay, I want this person onto the podcast because I love that. That's awesome. Dwayne, well, you know, I just want you to know that you're my first podcast and it worked out. And, you know, sometimes things usually don't work out the first time, but this is one of my, the things that worked out the first time. So thank you so much for this opportunity in general. And I really, really, really do appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you had the courage to do it. So I'm going to ask you one more question. If someone's listening to this podcast and they're listening to you, what message do you want to give them? I want them to know to hang on, to be still, and to know that they have everything they need right now in order to make it to the next step in their life or to the next day or to the next hour, to the next moment, that they have everything they possibly need in order to do that. Awesome. All right. How can people find you? They want to get in contact with you. They want your book. They want to read more. How can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So the book is now available on Amazon, paperback and Kindle version. It's called Bad Bitches Don't Diet, A True Philosophy About Food. My name is Anita Abdul-Kareem. You can also find me on Instagram. My handle is at dirt for the blind. And yeah, I mean, we'll go from there. Awesome. Great. I will put all those links in the show notes. Anita, thank you for having the courage to come on and just put it all out there and and just throw caution to the wind and be yourself. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening to the Addicted Mind podcast. All the show notes will be at theaddictedmind.com forward slash 91. Please share your message of hope. I want other people to hear stories of recovery and to know that change is possible even when we're feeling like it just might not be for us. 
So if you have a message of hope you'd like to share to others, please go to the website, addictedmind.com, click on the tab on the side and share your 90 second audio of your message that you'd want to give others out there who are struggling. I would really appreciate that. Also, if you are enjoying The Addicted Mind, please share it with a friend or rate and review us in iTunes. That really does help get exposure for the podcast and helps other people find it. And if you would like, please join our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and type in The Addicted Mind podcast, click join and continue the conversation there online. All right, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I will talk to you on the next episode. So take care. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.